Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message brought to you by John Crampton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Are you guys good? Wow, you're alive. Which meant you survived the fast. You didn't die. Wow, come on, that's amazing. I told you you wouldn't die. <laughs> yeah, and you guys are looking good for it. Yeah, you're in good shape. <laughs> yeah. So this has been an amazing time of just drawing nearer to the Lord. And um, I was just chatting with one of the young ladies uh, who'd been you know, fasting previously. And she was just saying, oh, this time was a little bit of a challenge physically, but spiritually, because she came and she joined in the corporate prayers, it just went to a whole nother level. I was thinking, wow, you know, that's actually so right. Because when we come together, we strengthen one another in the Lord. We join our faith with others' faith, and it grows. And the power of agreement means our prayers are even more effective. Yeah? Yeah? And so I want to encourage you, next time we have one of these opportunities with, uh, with, with prayer and fasting. Remember, it's prayer and fasting. It's not fasting and prayer. The emphasis is prayer and fasting. You guys are good Bible people, aren't you? Yeah. So always the first name is in the accent. So it's prayer and fasting. The emphasis is on prayer. So... Next time, I want to encourage you, if you can, come and join us. We had, you know, amazing, you know, turnouts. I'm not, I'm not kind of trying to urge you because there was no one there. None of the, play, lots of people praying. But my point is, like, the more of us actually get to participate, the more of us will be strengthened and encouraged in the same way. Okay, you can smile at me. Okay, so... Um, yeah, what a, what a wonderful time. And, and the sense that the Lord is opening things up for us this year, and there's going to be a year of increase and acceleration in these things. And so our time of prayer was actually just like leaning in. Okay, so Lord, what are you saying to us? And, uh, and, and as we partner with you, we're praying into these things to see them come to fruition in our lives and in this year. So that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So good. And then the other thing I just wanted to bring to your attention is that our time tonight is going to be with Arno, and he's not from no church, okay? Because some of the Afrikaans people, they, you know, they said he's Arno van Niekerk, you know, but he's, he's, he actually is part of the church, and, um, and so he's actually part of a whole movement around the, the nation called Time to Rise. And, and it's, it's calling on Christians, believers, in all spheres of society to rise up and particularly targeting people in governmental spheres. So across all the political spectrum, to have believers rise up to take their place, to be salt, to be light, to make a difference so that there can be a shift and change in the policies in our nation. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to invite you, come along tonight, 
obviously going to be a time of worship, extended worship, revival night. It's going to be a little different. Uh, we're going to be hearing something, you know, um, that will encourage us in, in our praying and, um, and so we can actually hear what the Lord is doing in other parts of the nation. And um, so it's going to be an amazing time. Come join us this evening. It's going to be super, super good. Okay. Right. You chose a good day to come to be with the family of God. You certainly did. Because God's got a word for you to encourage you and strengthen you. We know that the Lord is stirring in our hearts, that he's calling us into next level stuff. So he's been speaking about the fact that he's opening a door for us, a door of opportunity, a door of more, of more of him, more revelation, of growing in fruitfulness in our following of Jesus. Not so much about more of stuff, The world offers you that. He's got so much more than just stuff. How much more will the Father give the Spirit? So there's a higher level. So there's much more that he has for us. So we're leaning in and we're pressing in in this year of the open door for more of him. Right? And we know from Scripture, Jesus said, I am the door. So the doorway, the door, if you like, to this more is Jesus himself. So we have to come to Jesus in order to attain this more that he has for us. Is this making sense? And Jesus said, you will see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And he was pulling from the episode in Genesis where Jacob had that vision of angels going up and down the ladder to heaven. And, and so in that whole experience, the Lord was speaking promises and blessing and favor that was being released. And so the prototype, if you like, of that first encounter is that the resources from the heavenly realms are being made available in this realm. Okay. You're looking at me like, can you give me something more to work with? All right, here it comes. Jesus taught his followers to pray. Our Father who is in heaven. Ah, so from that realm, we're praying into that realm. We're praying to our Father. We have connection. We have access. And we know it's through Jesus who's the door, right? And in the prayer... Let your kingdom come, let your will be done. Where? On earth as it is where? Oh, so there's something going on in that realm, heaven, a spiritual realm, a dimension, that he says we must pray that the things from that realm, that dimension, would come into this dimension, earth. Okay, I thought, okay, so what's amazing is that there's this transfer from one dimension 
to another dimension. And us who are born again of the Spirit have access to that realm to bring it into this realm. Are you excited? Are you sure? Okay, because like... Okay, I'm going to talk to the people at home for a moment. Okay, are you excited at home? Because I think I can hear you more loudly than the people in the building. Just teasing you. All right. This is phenomenal. There's something in that realm. He told his disciples, pray after this pattern. From heaven to earth. So he's got stuff in that realm that he wants to transfer and give to us in this realm. Otherwise, why did he ask us to pray that? I mean, it's not just like something to recite, you know, like at a funeral or something. No, it's a prayer for disciples, followers of Jesus, to pray because we're intentionally seeking the kingdom of God. And he says, you know what? It's not just going to happen up there. It's actually going to happen down here. And you need some stuff to make this happen. In fact, if you look in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, praise be to the God and Father, our Father in heaven, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who is the Christ. Okay, Paul. His name is not Lord Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus. He is Lord, meaning master, ruler. And he's Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Okay? Lord Jesus, who is the Christ, who has blessed us where? In the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He's the door. He's the access way. He's blessed us in that heavenly realm with everything we need to be transferred into this realm. That it would be a blessing to us and to the expansion of of his kingdom, the outworking of his will on earth. He's going to give us what we need to do the job. He's giving us the tools, the equipment, the fuel, the Yelolotsky. Everything you need to do the job, to be a father pleaser, he's giving to us. This is extraordinary. And it's in Christ Jesus. Yay! This is not the same as like, I pray for a Ferrari in Jesus' name. Yeah, This is not like magic mumbo jumbo, add in the name of Jesus as a kind of mantra at the end of your prayer to make all your wishes come true. This is not Disneyland. This is the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' name, in the name of, is a Hebrew understanding 
of when a son who turned 13 became a man started to trade in the family name would be able to do transactions in the name of the father. He was given authority, he's 13, but he's given authority by dad to carry on the family business. So in the name of, it's not like do your own thing. No, you're doing it in the name of the father. You're carrying out the will of the father and you are trading, you are occupying, you're doing things in order to expand, increase, enlarge the family interests, not your own individual interest. So the Ferrari in Jesus' name is selfish. It's actually not in his name. Because in his name, Hebrew understanding is according to the will, the nature, and the character of the person you're representing. Like father, like son. So the son is doing business according to the nature, the value system, the will, the intention, all of those things of the father. So when we're praying according to the will of the Father, he says yes. Why? Because we're praying his will. Anything you ask in my name, I will give you. Anything you ask according to my will, I will give you. Why? Because it's my will. Are you getting this? Because so many people who hang around church space, kind of like, well, I tried it and I didn't get my Mercedes Benz. <laughs> you know, they said, pray in this way and then you'll get whatever you want. But no, it's not whatever you want, it, what does he want? Because in Jesus' name means something, it's code in Hebrew. But praise the Lord, he wants to give us the things of the kingdom. To the extent, he says, I'll even give you the secrets. These things have been hidden from the, but to you, I give you the secrets. Come on. This is next level stuff. All right. So, here's the door. Things are coming from that realm to this realm. And we have access in and through Jesus. We have access to forgiveness of our sin. Yeah? We have access to eternal life. We have freedom from bondage to oppression. Right? The, the, the work of the enemy. The Lord's dealing with all that and he's restoring we have, um, according to 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, it says in the second half, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. All right? Okay. In other words, what did Jesus, the Son of Man, why did he come? He came to stomp on the head of the serpent. 
He came to crush. This was prophesied in Genesis chapter 3. There will be born of the seed of woman one who will crush the head of the serpent. This is Jesus. So he came to destroy the works of the evil one. Do you remember that there was a lady, she was bent over, and the Pharisees tried to trap Jesus, and they said, like, who sinned? You know, trick question. Was it the father? Was it the mother? Is it something, did she sin at birth? You know, what caused her to, to be this way? And Jesus said, no, no, forget about that. This is so that this, the power of God will be revealed. And then he heals her instantly. So the power of God works so mightily and powerfully as to destroy the works of the evil one. Healing. All right? So we have access through Jesus to every spiritual blessing. And Jesus has won for us forgiveness. Yes, eternal life. Yes, freedom from oppression of the enemy. Yes, healing. Yes. So we are going after more of seeing this happening in our lives. Yes. All right. We are going after this. I didn't say John is going after this. Okay, and I think some of you said, yes, 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 we. All right. Okay, this is for... The followers of Jesus. Disciples. Are you a follower of Jesus? Yes. It doesn't mean how good or bad a follower you are. Just if you're a follower. Might be a distant follower. That's okay. You're going to come closer. You might be right up there in the front row. Hallelujah. Oh, listen. The front row. Don't worry about it. It's just about, you know, they're doing things. That's why they get to sit on the front row. It's not because they're super spiritual people. I know some of them. It's just that they're doing things and it's just easier for them if they're sitting on the front row for us to get access to. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. Okay. Because otherwise you think, oh, front row. It's like, no, no. But if we're followers of Jesus, right, we get to do these things because he's given us access in and through Jesus from that realm to this realm. That's what we're on about. Okay? So, Healing. We've got access to the shift and change from being in financial bondage to come into freedom. Because when you're in financial bondage, you're under another master. It might be a standard master. It might be a first national kind of a master. It might be... Ned, or Chapsa, or somebody like that. But we're under bondage, and you know what? He's actually wanting us to come out from under their dominion, their domain, so we have freedom. Yeah. Otherwise, like you know, there's something that we want to do for the Lord. And instead of saying, Lord, should I do it? We go to the wallet. Oh, dear wallet. Should I go? No. 
No money. Sorry, I can't do that. No, 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 no. We're not treating the wallet as our master. So he's warning us to come into a place of freedom even in that area. Right? Come on. Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver. Sold. Slavery to the financial system. That he might break its power on the cross. Come on. Cross is powerful. So he's working in our lives to bring us into a place of greater freedom in all of these areas, right? So there's going to be the restoration of families, right? Because that's the pattern of heaven, family. The restoration of finances, the restoration of health, the restoration of peace, the restoration of our relationship to the Father, the creator of everything that is seen and unseen. This is what we have access to in the heavenly realms in and through Christ Jesus. Amen? But, much like the people of God who were in bondage and slavery in Egypt, as they were called, let my people go, they were called to come out and into a place of freedom and they were given all the promises of God. It's called the promised land. A land flowing with milk and money. Big fruit. Right? It's like amazing. So they were given all these promises and yet they had to take hold of the gift that was promised. They had to fight the giants. They had to contend for victory. They had to establish themselves in that new place. And so there are the promises of God, but we have to step in to lay hold of it. My sister... Bless her. In our family, she is known as the one with the spaza shop in her house. She has a pantry. That pantry, I mean, the shelves are groaning <laughs> under the weight of provision. Yeah? And um, so we all know where we're going when there's another lockdown. It's like we know where the food is. All right, she's got this massive pantry. All right, skruk for nuts. Okay, she's got everything in there. Okay. And that pantry is available to everyone in the household. But if you're sitting in the lounge, like my mom, who has memory issues. She forgets where the pantry is. She can be hungry and remain in the lounge 
and not have her hunger taken care of because she doesn't get up and go to the pantry even though it's less than 10 meters away. Are you tracking with me? All right. Now you can't all go to my sister this afternoon, okay? (laughs) My point is, we have access through Christ to every spiritual blessing for whatever we need to live the life that God has called us to. A life that reflects his nature, his kindness, his generosity, his values in every, I mean, we made in his image. We're supposed to reflect who he is in this world. As he is, so are you in this world. So we're supposed to show to other people, well, this is what the father looks like. Are you joining a few things here? Come on, remember the guys to Emmaus. They didn't, didn't join all the things together. Philip, this is not Dr. Phil, this is the other one. <laughs> Phil says, show us the Father. And Jesus said, Phil, man. I'm like, goodness, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right? Elsewhere, Peter writes, and he says, Jesus came and was an example that we should follow, walk in his footsteps. That's what a learner follower does, right? So if Jesus was reflecting the Father, that's the example. We are to reflect the Father. How do they see the Father? They see the Father through the way in which we live and respond and react in this world. That's why when the taxi cuts in front of us, we're not into all kinds of strange sign language. (laughs) Right? Because that's not how Father would communicate. Lord, bless them, they're in a hurry. They're late for work and they're taking a lot of other people to work. God bless them. May they find good employment and may they get there safely. Because some of our friends are inside some of those taxis. I mean, I have to renew my mind and remember, actually, when I'm getting a little bit sort of heated. I'll explain this because you never get like this, so I'll just, just so you can identify and pray for me. Sometimes I get a little heated when a taxi does something that I don't think it should do. In fact, the law doesn't even think it should do that. And so I get really uptight because I think people should be law-abiding citizens, Right? And, um, and I forget the times when I momentarily go over that 120 mark. Just momentarily. For a longish period of time. I forget that I've ever done that. And so in my self-righteous thing, look, I'm exp- I'm, this is not you, I'm just, you know, just work with me here. Yeah? And I get a little bit heated with some of these guys. And then I, I, I don't always remember Actually, some of my brothers and sisters are riding inside that taxi. And visually, I'm figuring out all kinds of things because I get into Star Wars mode. You know, when that thing just goes, and it disappears. It just vaporizes, like the taxi's gone. Yeah? You never get like that, okay? 
And, and I'm kind of like, well, hang on, wait a minute. You've got brothers and sisters inside there. And their well-being depends on that taxi getting to its destination safely. It changes the way you pray. You're talking brothers and sisters here. Okay. How on earth did I get there from where I was? Okay. I honestly can't remember how I went there from there to there, but I'll come back. Okay. So, from that realm to this realm, we need to show the nature, the character of Father. And He's given us everything we've, we need in order to do that. So it's not just like, Father, give me more stuff. Okay? Gets quiet in church. Especially when people have been incorrectly taught that the way to more stuff is through the Father. As though that was the, the major thing about following Jesus. Just so you can have a happy life. Well, you can have a happy eternal life. You're tracking with me? Gets quiet in church. We can have a happy eternal life, but Jesus said in this world you're going to have trouble. So he wasn't kind of like, you know, sugarcoating it. You know what, come to Jesus, everything will be fine. It's like, I'm sorry if you were taught that kind of a gospel or a message, but it's not actually in the scriptures. So I apologize on behalf of the church for misleading you that everything was always going to be hunky-dory. Because Jesus himself, and it's dangerous words because it's written in red. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have some trouble. But take heart, be of good cheer, take courage, be encouraged, take courage. I've overcome the world, so you're going to be all right. You're going to go through some stuff, but in the end, it's going to be all right. All right? All right? I said, all right? All right. Okay, so we're going to go through some stuff, but it's going to be all right. So he's giving us from that realm into this realm what we need to live a life that pleases the Father. Side benefits along the way. Well, there are also some earthly blessings. We'll taste and see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Yay! That's the side benefit. It's not the real deal. But when you make the side benefit the real deal, you get confused and God becomes the divine waiter. Um, can I have one of those with chips, please? Uh, please take this. This is too well done. I'd like it medium rare, please. Um, could I get a, bit, a little bit extra on the... No. We are not making him run around us as though we were God and he was serving us. No, no, he's God and we're serving him. This is fundamental to understanding who is the king of the kingdom. And when we stop, kind of, oh yeah, no, that's really obvious. 
But it's amazing how we can blur this understanding so easily, so quickly. It's kind of like, yeah, what about my needs? We're, We're about him. But Jesus told an amazing parable. He says, you know what? The servants, he's going to call them in. He's going to say, hey, sit down. I, as the king, will serve you. So there will be that as well. But that's not the main deal. The main deal is eternal life. Okay. So, there's a pantry in heaven. And we're in the lounge, so to speak. And it's no good all these things being in the pantry if we don't go through the door to obtain everything that has been provided for. Free. Mahala. Are you? So the Lord has got these things. He's got the storehouse, if you like, this massive pantry for whatever we need, and he's blessed us in the spiritual realms with things from that realm that we need in this realm. And yes, it will manifest in tangible things, but it's things in order to do the job, to reflect his nature. And sometimes he blesses us with an abundance so that we can show to others he's an abundantly good father. He's not afraid of abundance. You do know this, right? Yeah, he's not scared of wealth. I mean, remember, Abram is the father of faith and he was dirt poor. No, not dirt poor. He was an extraordinarily wealthy man so that kings came to actually come and steal all his stuff because he had so much. So what did he do? He went, got it all back and more. And God helped him do it. All right? Isaac, he sowed in, a t- in the land, time of famine, and he reaped a hundredfold, and he kept on growing, growing, and he became extremely wealthy, the Bible says. So wealthy that the other kings around the area said, you've become too wealthy for us. Would you mind just moving on because you're making us look puny? We're getting a little afraid of you because you've got so much. He's the God of Abram and Isaac and Jacob. These oaks had a ton of stuff. God is not afraid of you having a ton of stuff. He just doesn't want the ton of stuff to have you. All right. Now let's see if we can try and pull this together here. The promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. And his promises are to release from that realm into this realm whatever we have need of. And he's, one of his promises, and this is the thing I want to leave you with today, and I get five endings this morning. Any good sermon has at least five endings. Is this good? You don't want to half preach kind of thing. You want at least five endings. No, you came for the full deal. All right. So, One of his promises is that we will be overcomers. 
So he's promised to us, like, I will save you and you'll be saved. You will overcome the evil one. Okay? So now, let's not confuse, like, when I'm saved, I then do things in order for reward. From this other thing, let me come on this side, so you can see that there's a clear delineation. Salvation. I'm saved because I believe. And then once I'm saved, I do things out of love for him, and then there's reward attached to this. If I get it wrong, I think I have to do in order to get saved. It's called works, and it doesn't work. The thief on the cross, he'd just been cursing Jesus and whatever, and then moments later, he puts his faith in Jesus, and then a little while later, boom, there he is, the pearly gates. And the angel says, Oof, that was a late entry. Let's just see, your name's just appeared on my screen. Um, so uh, I just want to know, how did you get here? Because in your records, I see you didn't actually even put your hand up for an altar call. Oh, your hands were tied. Oh, okay. Uh, you, you, you didn't get baptized. Okay. And, and you didn't receive tongues, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Oh, because this happened before the Spirit was poured out. Oh, okay, yeah, no, that's fine. Okay, we'll credit you with that one. Um, so, so how did you get here? He says, I don't know. He says, oh, I'll have to call my supervisor angel because, you know, we're not. Um, supervisor comes. All right, um, so tell me. Uh, my, good, my good man, um, how did you get here? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? He says, I don't know. He says, well, I mean, surely, you know, you, you, you heard of these various doctrines and teachings. No, I didn't. So, well, what's the basis that you're here? He says, I don't know any of that stuff. All I know is that the man on the middle cross said I could come. He hadn't done a thing except hang there with Jesus. Hadn't done a thing. He hadn't earned his salvation. Yeah, yeah. That's the offer. Jesus said, you can come. So we come because he said we could come. That's why we come. And because he said, and now because we're not on the cross, we can move around and do things, and so we do, and then he's such a good, lavish father that he like, gives rewards for what we do because we're doing it in his name. He says, well done, boy, here's some more pocket money. You can spend it in eternity. 
Lord is different from salvation. So these promises for us is you're going to be an overcomer. You're in, you're qualified. I'm making you to be an overcomer. Turn with me quickly. Let's make this a legal meeting. Romans chapter 8, as we end with the second ending. Romans 8 verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, Jesus, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us some things? What does your Bible say? Wow. Graciously give us all things. Verse 35. So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or load shedding or water outages or potholes or taxis or the economy or the government or all these crazy agendas in school or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or sword, danger, will these things separate us from his love? In other words, from being with him forever? No. No, no, no. It's a great hallelujah, it's a no to that answer. Because in all these things, we are more than conquerors. They had to come up with this phrase, more than conquerors. It's like, you know, if you win, well, you've won. No, you've more than won. No, no, you're the winner. But imagine you won the 100 meters by a mile. He's saying you are more than a conqueror. He's making you to be a conqueror. Hand on your heart. I am more than a conqueror. Jesus has promised that I will be more than a conqueror. Hoo-ha. Second last closing. Verse 38, for I am convinced. It's not, for I am thinking, for I'm wondering about this. For, well, I heard a rumor. It's not like, you know, flick a coin, maybe. This is, I am fully persuaded. I know for a fact. I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, neither anything else in all creation, nor anything else in all of your life, nothing in all of creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God 
that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. More than a conqueror, convinced nothing's going to block this, nothing's going to stop this. This is an unstoppable thing. Come on. Are you getting this? Doesn't matter what we face in 2024, God is with us. He is able. Sort out all this stuff. And there may be a few things that rally against us. But we can be secure. We can be fully persuaded, convinced. We're in his love. Nothing's going to stop that. Hallelujah. Come on, would you stand with me? Wow. What a salvation. We will continue this in, in, um, in a couple of weeks' time. But this thing of overcoming and breakthrough is linked. And apparently we are called. And we've been given this name for a particular reason because he's prophesied what he's going to be doing in and through our lives. And the thing with overcoming all right, major revelation here. Are you ready? To be an overcomer means that there's an obstacle, there's a something that's in your way. There's a blockage. There's something that's hindering your process. A brick wall, whatever it is. And he says, not a problem. I will cause you to be an overcomer. You might face some things, but I will cause you to be an up and overcomer. Come on, we're a nation of overcomers. They call us a resilient people. That's in the natural. How much more in the supernatural? How much more the people of God that we are overcomers? So one of the ways in which the Lord helps us is to lift us over situations we become victorious more than conquerors. We are not under the circumstances. Hey, how are you doing today? Ah, not bad under the circumstances. It's kind of like, well, why do you want to be under the circumstances? No, no, we want to be over the circumstances. We want to be overcomers. Right? And so the Lord is putting a faith and a hope inside of us. We are not hopeless. We are hopeful. Because we are called to be overcomers. And the Lord is also going to speak to us about breakthroughs. Because some of these things he actually just wants to smash the wall. So that we can open the wall for others. We'll talk about that next time. So thank you Lord. How about this? Thanks be to God. Who always leads us. As captives in Christ's triumphal procession. Wow, there's a victory parade and he's got us in a sense, just like prisoners of hope, we're prisoners of victory. We contain victory because we're in his victory, in his victory parade and he leads us in the victory parade and he's got us, we're held by him in this victory parade. Thanks be to God who continually leads us in triumphal procession. Thanks, thanks, thanks be to God.
who always leads us in victory and in triumph. To you be all praise, honor, and glory. And all God's people said, Amen, 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 amen. amen.